I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Monday, May 20, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. So I do have a laundry list of items to discuss today. We have a market that is on the precipice. They're not going to make it easy. I'm going to discuss how this thing unfolds from this point forward. We don't know exactly how it's going to unfold, but we have an idea of some of the schematics that we can draw out, and that's what we're going to do in tonight's video, among other things. Before we really get rolling, let me first pause and thank everybody for participating and making comments and posts underneath the video each and every night. I love the interaction, and you know how I especially love the banter back and forth. In addition, if it's worthy, but only if it's worthy, hit the thumbs up button on the video, and then go ahead and share the video with anybody that you think can benefit from this information. And by the way... Now's a good time to let some people in on the secret of what's going to unfold over the market over the near term and then over the longer term. Now we can get back to business. Let's start with the big picture and then we'll zoom in a little bit just to give everybody perspective of what's going on. So we had the May 1 top. We decided that was a good enough reversal so we can trade against it, which means that any trader that wanted to take a short position against the market, any which way that trader choose to do so, could do so against a daily close above the high of May 1st. That high happens to be 294.95. So we said basically 295 was the line in the sand. Following that, the market came down and hit some important targets along the way. And then the market did what we suggested it would do when it came into that 282.50 to 280.71 zone. We actually spiked through it by just a little bit. And then the market staged a rally following that hit. That's garden variety market behavior. Do we know how high the market will rally off of a price level like that? We really don't know, but what we did know is at a minimum, a bare minimum of intraday support, the market would find support around that zone. Now, if the market were to hang around down that zone, that would have been very negative, but essentially the market rallied away from that zone rather quickly, showing you that that zone was important. Now, will it be important as we come back down toward that zone? That's what everybody wants to know. That's the type of thing that we're going to discuss going forward. And by the way, based on the daily chart, we've now given up once again. We recaptured it one day, but we've given up once again the 50-period moving average. That's a negative. That's right around, ironically enough, and there are no accidents or coincidences, the 286.50 price level. But the reality is we don't need this any longer. We know that a daily close above the 50-period moving average, at least on a temporary basis, is going to instill some positive behavior, some positive sentiment into the marketplace. Do we need these other horizontal trend lines, 282.50, 280.71? No, we don't need those anymore because we have a new, very well-defined bogey. Every trader on the planet will be looking at this pivot low from the 13th 
The low comes in at 279.93. A daily close below that is certainly a negative, but I think the negative sentiment or the negative behavior will enter the market before that. I think a daily close below 281.36 would actually be what the short sellers would be looking for for more downside in this market. Now, the question is, are they going to give up the ghost that easy? It's the $64,000 question, obviously. The answer is a couple of different things. A, the answer is you really just don't know. We could wake up to a huge gap down. They could actually just trade right through it. Or the bulls could put up a fight and we can still banter back and forth playing around with the 50 period and even the 20 period moving average. So for example, let's just say we came down tomorrow or we came down on Wednesday and we began to test some of these lower prices down here, 281, 279, and the bulls put up a fight and we don't necessarily right away close below 281.36. That's the low of this, we'll call it a breakup candle. Let's say they don't close below the low of that candle. Well, they're going to fight, and they're going to banter back and forth, and they're going to have large swings in both directions. Speaking of which, here's a copy of Inside the Numbers, right? So every day, Inside the Numbers is available to Inside the Numbers members. Here are the pre-market morning notes, Monday morning. They were posted beginning around 8.30 in the morning. And you can pause and read them for yourself, but there is something I want to point out that I think is important. Right here where I say the bogey on the downside this morning is ES2840 and SPY284. That's a give or take because there is some slippage between the SPY and the ES, which is the S&P E-mini futures contract. And then also for those of you that want to see the midday update, here's the 1120 AM was the update today. So far it holds true. The ES2840 is an important number. The trend is down, but that doesn't mean every candle or every day is down. We will continue to see large swings in both directions. I continuously remind traders of that. So we use that information together with the important numbers that are listed for Inside the Numbers members every single day. And just for kicks and grins, here's an SPY five-minute chart. You can see $284 even, and you can see how that was, in fact, somewhat of a line in the sand. Maybe it was above it by a few pennies. Maybe it was below it by a few pennies. But you can see how that general price zone is important to the market. We did dip below it. We rallied back. We came below it again. But at the end of the day, rallied back to come very, very close and snuggled up to the $284 price level. For those futures traders out there, Here's the S&P E-mini 500 contract, 2840, same routine. You can see that that price is important to the market. Doesn't necessarily mean it has to be important tomorrow. It was important today. Now we're on a 10-minute chart, and I want to point something else out. I've mentioned this before. I think it's worth mentioning again. You'll notice here at the end of the day, the market looked like it was going to break down break the lows and continue lower. In fact, it did break the lows. The low here is 283.19 and the low here is 283.12. Now in futures land, this is what happens. Here's the E-mini contract. 
Here, the low was broken by two ticks. A lot of traders try in what I like to call sell in the hole, and they sell as the market's breaking lower. But the reality is we would rather be in tune with what's actually happening most of the time. Now, sometimes the lows don't hold and the market trades lower, obviously. But what happens a lot of the time in a situation like this, we're at the end of the day, and a lot of times one of two things will happen. Either they hit the market into the end of the day. Those are the days when you see everything getting thrown out with the bathwater. That wasn't necessarily the thing today. There was a lot of things thrown out with the bathwater, but it wasn't one of those earth-shattering days. So that's not necessarily an excuse, but it is part and parcel to the reason why sometimes what you'll find when they break the lows is it's where liquidity takes place. Meaning what you'll find happens is as a result of the fact that there are a lot of stops down there, also known as AKA liquidity, that results in the type of movement we see a spike below the low and then a quick reversal above the low, and then an ensuing rally for several points more. So what actually happens? Well, traders see the market coming into a low, and they think that they can pick off the low and put their stop right below the low. So they have a tight stop, hoping the market's going to bounce away from those lows. What essentially happens is when the institutions, and it's really the computers, when they read the fact that there are a lot of stops, a tick or two or three or four below the low, what they do is they end up taking the market down below the low. They pick up the stops, meaning they're buying the market. So they sell it down. They buy it back where the liquidity is, and hence the market spikes back up. Doesn't always happen like that. Doesn't have to be a long-standing rally, but it certainly happens that way a lot. What's doing over in Camp IWM? We're sitting right on the 100-period moving average, but you can see that the IWM is certainly in a worse position, relative weakness against the S&P 500, or the spider chart that we've just been discussing. So what does this really mean? Well, we know that the IWM happens to be my favorite leading market indicator in either direction. So therefore, as it stands right now, based on the position of the chart, and you know what I'm doing, I'm focusing on the first thing that my eye is drawn to when the chart populates. The first thing my eye is drawn to is that essentially the IWM came down and made a bear flag pattern that we've been discussing over the last several days. Now it seems to be breaking to the downside. Are they going to fight this? Are they going to rally it for a couple of days? Maybe so, but generally speaking, under normal market conditions, garden variety, this market will go lower. Here on the IWM, we have a relatively obvious area. This is about 148, where the IWM would likely find support at minimum of intraday, likely for a number of days. The actual low is 148.41. Does it have to find low there? No, if we're having an earth-shaking decline, it can certainly trade through that area. I'm not suggesting by that area i'm just pointing out what a normal garden variety area of support would generally be let's take a stop down at the transportation department looks very similar to the spy chart looks very similar over the last several days because everything basically traded together 
We're below three out of the four moving averages. It's in a weaker position than the SPY is. It's not in as weak of a position as the IWM is that we just saw. It's in the middle. It's a middle ground. However, this was the canary in the coal mine. There's no two ways about it. We talked about it dozens of times. We could say the transports are on a precipice. Any close below the 100 period moving average, the actual real number is slightly above that. Any close below the 100 period moving average, it's not going to be good for the transports. How about the queues out in Silicon Valley? This is an interesting one. This is also in a different position. So we have markets that are in different positions. I find that interesting and intriguing. Look where we are as it relates to what we just discussed in the SPY chart. Same breakup candle, right? This one's on the 15th. Obviously the same as the one in the spider that we looked at. Now, we're already at the low of this breakup candle. So we're already in a worse position in the queues than we are in the SPY. So interestingly enough, technology got thrown out behind the woodshed a lot, lot harder than did the SPY and other markets. We'll get to part of the reason why, but one of the reasons why is the quote-unquote crowded trade. Everybody runs for the exit at the same time when everybody holds the same stuff. If the queues break this low, where is the downside objective? Well, you would think that the first one, at least on a temporary basis, if nothing else, would be the convergence of the 200 and 100 period moving average right around 174, 174 and a half. If we're getting a tremor, if it's an earth-shaking decline, then they'll go all the way down to about 171. That's what it kind of looks like. You're going to find support somewhere in there, but it certainly won't feel like it at the time. We also find something very interesting when we take a look down at the financial district. We find a market that's not necessarily in as bad of condition as other markets. We're above the 50-period moving average. The financials were, in fact, up today, or at least the XLF was up today. The broker-dealers were up about one-third of 1% today. So something is going on. Either it's a divergence where the financials are going to turn around and pick up steam in the other direction, or it's a hint that we may be in for a few days of rally in the market. It's nothing definitive one way or the other. I just find it interesting that the financials were basically flat when the S&P 500 itself was down about 20 handles today and the NASDAQ was down 1.5% or a little less than 1.5%, 114 points on the composite. We always have to look at both sides or as many sides of the market as we can find and we can't overlook the financials. It's of note, it's certainly a puzzle piece, and it's certainly on the table. Now, let's look in the other direction. The SMH, which is the exchange-traded fund for the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index. Look where we are in the SMH. I'll discuss that quirky downtrending black trend line in a moment, but what's interesting is the SMH was down over 3.5% today. That also explains why the cues were drummed like they were. We've often discussed the fact that the SMH is a good proxy for the tech sector in and of itself. So you can see what's happening. The SMH is melting away. The SMH is comprised of semiconductor stocks, Intel, NVIDIA, AMAT, 
Cyprus, Amborella. The list goes on and on and on. They're all getting taken out behind the woodshed. And here's the hourly chart of the SMH. And remember last week when we were discussing breaking above the top side of that channel and the market actually came down to even test the top side of that channel and now we've gapped below it on Monday morning and now we're trading below it so we'll see if they want to rally back to try and get back over that channel or are they going to drop down farther looking back this was also a canary in the coal mine even a better one for the tech sector than was the transports for the overall market look when the SMH topped out on the 24th of April the S&P 500 topped out on the 1st of May and the transports topped out on the 24th of April. So you can see how we get divergences. But what were the two markets that most people don't look at that topped out first? The transports and the SMH. The financials, the XLF on par with the S&P 500 actually made a new high on the 1st by one penny. No accidents. No coincidences, that was a new high over the high from the 29th. The high here was 28.13. The high on the 1st was 28.14. Who watches numbers like I watch numbers? And with that, it's basically everything I wanted to and intended to discuss tonight, so I will give it a wrap here. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.